Hey, I'm David Perk, and it's another episode of Painterview, where I paint and interview lots of interesting people and mostly queer creatives. And today, I'm really excited because we're going to have uh, Mayhem Miller, who is best known from being on RuPaul's Drag Race, but also is just generally a legend in Southern California nightlife and all around the world. So I'm really excited to talk to them all about about drag and about the art of drag and about their life and kind of what gets them going creatively. Um, so Mayhem will be joining us in a minute and I've got the painting here and we're not going to get too far along because we only have about 40 minutes or so. So it's, it's not, we'll see what we get. Hey. Hi. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I'm excited to do this i am too i'm excited to see this i watched i've watched uh your show before so i'm excited to sit back and like be a part of it now <laughs> oh great yeah i think during vinegar's one she might have spotted you at the beginning because she said it's mayhem <laughs> oh yeah i was watching that one <laughs> nice well um yeah i'm so i have the painting here and i've done a little sketch and we talked a little bit about like what we might do and whether to do you um, out of drag or in drag. So what I'm doing for now is I'm gonna just do like a little sketch of you in drag. But then I think after the conversation, I'm gonna keep painting and doing different things. And I think there's probably gonna be multiple paintings that come out of this. So let's see where we go. <laughs> All right, cool. But um, yeah, I'm excited to hear more about you and your life and like how most, like I'm really interested in how different creatives like see the art that they do. And yours is like the art of drag, the art of performance and theater and so many things. Um, but before I get ahead of myself, um, I ask everyone to introduce themselves first, just so you can do that in your own words, um, even though I'm sure everyone watching already knows who you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, hello everyone, I am Mayhem Miller the queen of the party, best known from RuPaul's Drag Race um, a few times now. <laughs> <laughs> they keep having you back. <laughs> I, I mean, I, it's pretty awesome. You know, not many people get asked back and I've been asked back a couple times now. So yeah. I'm pretty, pretty happy about that. I feel especially being asked back for the Hollis Leigh because that was kind of a special to just have the favorite people there. It wasn't even really a competition, right? So that was really a seal of like, she's <laughs> one of our main people. And that's how oh, I no, swear. It was a competition. It was a competition. Oh, I don't give a fuck no, what anyone won. says. <laughs> <laughs> I won, I won fair and square. I didn't get $100,000, but I know that I'm the the people's queen, and I'm always forever the Christmas queen, so. The queen of Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was definitely, well, you definitely earned the win, but it had a different energy to it. It was more about having fun, which I actually really vibed with, because I'm not a competitive person. And I think also you kind of took a stance a bit like that as well on All Stars, when, and I really loved what you did when you decided that you, like, you wanted to vote for yourself, because that's what seemed fair to you. Um, do you want to talk, like, how did you view that, like, decision? Um, it was, in the moment, it, it felt like the right thing to do because um, when you're in that pressure cooker of the competition, 
you know what you're producing, you know what you're giving, you know what you're doing, but you don't really know what is being seen on the other side of that camera and what their mm -hmm. vision is. And I knew in my heart of hearts and every other motherfucking bitch in that competition knew me and India did not deserve to be in the bottom. Or, yeah. And when that happened, I was so fucking pissed. <laughs> I was like, you know what? Um, I'm not gonna campaign against this girl because we sat up here and gave a fucking good performance. And without telling a lot about the production end of it, um, it was a solid performance and it was probably out of all of us that were competing, everyone knew that we were fucking great and we probably yeah. should have won. It was amazing. What was seen on camera or on the show was not a true representation of what happened that day. <laughs> and I'll put it that way without getting into trouble. So, so would you would you say you're competitive then? Because I kind of read that decision as meaning that you're not this kind of cutthroat person, but are you? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, I could be very cutthroat and I could be very uh, that girl, <laughs> like the kids like to say, but um, for me, it, it just wasn't, it wasn't fair. It wasn't fair and I didn't want to, I didn't want to be that person and be like, oh, I just told this girl, we were great, you were fucking awesome, the best scene partner I've ever had, and then turn around and be like, no, girl, she wasn't, mm -mm, no. <laughs> I was like, that would be so fucked up, and then I would be caught on camera being a fucking shady bitch, and then the whole world would have a different perception of me, and I was like, that was not, I was not going to let that happen, so I'd rather fucking take myself out of the equation, because I already knew what the deal was. And I was like, you know, I'm good. I'm tapping out. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like there's a little hint of like rebellion to it as well, where it's like, I know what I'm supposed to do in this moment, but I'm not going to play that. I'm going to do what I think I should be doing. A lot of people forget that the show is not just a competition show. It's a reality TV show and is built and structured for reality TV, which is drama. And as much as I do love giving good TV and I love having drama for the fans to like live for, I personally in my spirit was like, no, mm -mm, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. And I was very happy when they released that, uh, that unseen footage of me and India in the workroom when we were preparing for the scene and everyone getting to see how funny we were and how we were so prepared for that. Because we were like, oh, my God, this was so funny. We wish we would have seen that. And I'm like, you wish you would have saw everything else, actually. <laughs> so. <laughs> that happens a lot with the, the behind-the-scenes bits that they put up on, on, um, on YouTube, usually. There's, like, they're really, really funny moments. Like, I remember there was a great one of, like, you and Monique and the Vixen, like, a whole load of you just, like, kikiing and, like, chatting around. And I was like, that, I, that was one of my funniest moments in Drag Race, when you were all just, like, letting each other have it. It's fun, but you know, those moments, as much as it's fun and a lot of us love those moments, um, people want more than that. They don't want like the genuine, like fun, good times. They want to have all these stories and, and the negative shit because yeah. I don't know why. I just, I wish it was more of a fun, good show where it was actually based on talent <laughs> and not so much <laughs> because... That was my problem with it the first time around. 
I went in there like this was a competition and I was focused on winning and realized really quick, it's not about that. <laughs> it's about yeah. uh, making good TV. What was it like putting your kind of brand and your image in the public eye in someone else's hands? Were you aware of that the first time you went on that like they can do whatever they want with me? Yeah, I, I was very aware of that because of the fact that all my best friends, all my closest friends have been on the show before me. Yeah. And I've seen what happened with them and they gave me a lot of advice about whether or not I should go forward with it. And it was that one thing that I had to battle within myself. Am I willing and ready to let go of what I've accomplished and what I've done all these years prior and hope that it goes well? I was like, oh, do I really want to? And I was like, yeah, actually, I'm really, I'm willing to risk it because I want the opportunities that will come along with it. Mm. But, it, it, but it, it, did it feel like that kind of this, this risk, like you didn't know what was going to happen? I was, I think that was why even when you're watching it, you don't see me going mm. too much with my personality because I was, very terrified that people would not like who I really was. So I was like, all right, I'll just keep my mouth shut and just, I'm riding on my talent. Mm. And forgot that, no, you need to let your personality shine as well. And that's how you advance further into the show. So, um, but, but I also think it's smart of you because you never know how things can get edited. And like, you can be the nicest person in the world, but we all have our moments, we're in stressful situations, and then suddenly you come across a way that you don't want. So I, I think you came across really well the first time around, even though you didn't perhaps stay as long as you wanted to. Like, I mean, you, I'm sure you won a lot of fans from that time, and then you've been able to grow since then. It's been great because my fan base is awesome. Like, the people who follow me and love my art are truly people who love me and love my art. It's, mm. not a, it's not for me a numbers game like it is for a lot of other people. I actually enjoy interaction with my fans. I enjoy the people who take time out of their days to invest in my life. So um, it's, been, it's been pretty cool because I've, I've gotten some really good people in my corner now and I have a good support system when it comes to the fans. Yeah, I wanted uh, I wanted to ask you about that because recently, or relatively recently, you changed your Instagram to private, and I know that you were like posting again about how like happy you were with that decision. And so I wanted to talk to you about like social media and in, in general, and like what led you to that decision and how it's been. Um, honestly, the the negativity and the bullying got to a point where it was affecting my day-to-day -day life. And I was like, this is not worth it. It's not fucking worth it. I was like, my mental health and my well-being is more important to me than social media numbers. Mm -hmm. And as much as people were like, give me advice and be like, oh, well, get someone to run your social media or don't, you know, interact with the fans, take off your comments, you know, all those things. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I shouldn't have to do that. People should just be good people. And if you don't like someone, you just don't follow them, you know? But um, 
telling me how to manage my social media is like, wait, you're telling me how to manage my life and this is my life and I need to run it as I see fit. And by me uh, filtering myself, it takes away from the interactions that I have with true people who watch me and who want to engage on a positive uh, level. So I was like, you know what? The one thing I can do, I can't control other people and how they treat me. I can control how it is, how I get it. And I was like, and I was like, you know what? Let me flip this shit on everyone. And I'm not going to give you access to me. Why would I give you access to hurt me? I'm not going to give you that kind of power. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm going to fucking keep you away from me. And how about we just do that for now on? And once I went private, it all stopped. It all completely stopped. And then I would get people who wanted to request to follow me. And I just started screening people. And I would go through their social media and see what type of person they were. <laughs> and then I would accept them that way. Because I was like, hmm... Maybe I shouldn't have these people who don't even have their own picture as their their icon, <laughs> and all their all their postings is nothing but drag drama. I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't want that in my life. I want actual people who I can see. Like you can look into my life. I want to be able to look into your life as well. Yeah, yeah. Because I actually I said that to you just before when we were setting up this interview that it it felt weird to me that I know so much about you. And then we're about to have this conversation, you know, like next to nothing about me. Like we've had a couple of conversations and, and as I was saying it, I was like, but that is your reality. Like as someone who's famous and in the public eye, like everybody thinks that they know you and might even think that your friends when is actually, um, you don't know a lot of them back. No, and I, I can't even like, I want to know what that's like. Cause I can't even wrap my head around what that would be like. You know what? It's it's so weird because I don't I can't even comprehend my own celebrity because I don't see myself that way. I I see myself as the same old Dewan all my life. Like, and when my even my closest friends when they let me know, they're like, "You do know you're like a big person." Like, <laughs> no, and I'm like, "No, I'm not. It's just me." And they're like, "No, no, 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 no." You're famous, you're a celebrity, you're well known, you're well loved, you're like you are you're you're very popular, you're known around the world. And I'm like, but is it everyone? <laughs> like I, I just don't get it. I, I it's so weird to me. Um the the whole concept of celebrity is just so weird to me, but um it comes with a lot of responsibility and so I try to uh take it as a grain of salt, but also hold it to a standard where, you know, I, I know the importance of it. So use it for good, you know, mm. and not so much an ego thing, not so much uh, a status thing. It's like, okay, yeah, people know you, but what are you going to do with that? Mm. Definitely. Was that like when you first started out doing was, was being famous or being known, was that part of the appeal of doing drag to you? No. <laughs> Not at all. I, I, as a kid, I always was like, oh, I want to be famous. But what kid doesn't do that kind of shit? Like, yeah. but I wanted to be a big brother. That was my thing. I don't, I don't know why. <laughs> but I, I was like, I want to be a big brother so bad. <laughs> I was catching up last night on Big Brother, and I'm like, I have to audition. Now that my contract is clear, I can audition for it now. 
So oh, great. Yeah, you're like, all they have to do is sit in a house. That's easy. You don't have to like make anything. You don't have to like perform. But that's all I've been doing for six months is sitting in the house talking shit. So. Oh, God. You know there's going to be like quarantine reality shows after this. There's like people are not good. <laughs> They're not going to stop. Seriously. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But yeah, um, I didn't mean to derail your trade of thoughts. You're saying yeah, when you were younger, yeah, yeah, yeah. you kind of. You you uh so you thought when you were like younger younger you wanted to be famous but not but as you got older it kind of like went away or yeah like it wasn't important to me as an adult and then when I discovered drag it was just more of a creative outlet for me it was more of exploring um my femininity and a mm -hmm. uh, a more bigger way because you know I've always been the I've always been the film guy but. It was always something I had to repress and just keep hidden. I was not allowed to cele celebrate it. I was not allowed to embrace it. And then once I came out of the closet and I was gay, I was like, oh, bitch, I give me the glitter. I want the fucking, I want the lashes. Like, I want to do all this. And it was just a way of me being more a part of uh, my community. It was more of me expressing who I, who I was. Artistically, it was more of me building friendships um, because all the people I started drag with, I'm, they're all my closest friends and still to this day, 19 years later. So um, it, was more, it was more just of a, a fun thing. It, it wasn't mm -hmm. anything to be famous. It wasn't to be known. It, it was none of that. It was actually, and part of it was a, uh, to prove a point to this guy I used to see way back in the day 19 years ago i used to uh hook up with this guy who identified as straight and i thought if i got in drag he would like commit to me more and i was like oh bitch i'm about to be so fucking pretty and he's not gonna be able to <laughs> no and i did it and he like told my best friend ill why'd you let him do that? He looks so gross. And I was like, oh, and I was so heartbroken. I was like, you know oh, what? I'm going to be the most beautiful bitch ever. And I was like, I'm going to do drag and I'm going to be fucking great. And it's going to be a fuck you to him. And, <laughs> and that's why I ended up doing it. <laughs> that's such a harsh critique for your first time in drag. <laughs> he fucking let me have it. I was like, why the fuck did you do that? You are ugly. Why? And I was like, oh, no, I think I'm pretty. <laughs> Just shattering the fantasy in front of you. How dare he? Is, but I is won he... because I ended up becoming famous and rich, and he went to jail. And um, yeah. <laughs> there you go. I was going to ask if he slid into your DM since then, since you become more of a beautiful woman. He wouldn't know how to find me if he even tried. <laughs> Well, definitely if he's in jail as well. I don't know if they are allowed to be sending Instagram DMs or not. Sure. I don't even think you could have Instagram in jail. So. Yeah. <laughs> and like, because it was such a different, it was a completely different world back when you first started. Like, like the way people view drag was so different, even within the queer community. Like, I feel like a lot of people were very critical of it. Oh right? my God. No one liked drag back then. No one liked drag. Nobody. Okay, wait, no, I shouldn't say it that way. People love drag. People have always loved drag. 
but within the community we were the outcasts we were like mm -hmm. the ones that no one wanted to hang out with no one definitely wanted to date um we were the clowns we were the ones that people made fun of and i always felt like an outcast and so it was just even more uh comfortable for me to become more of an outcast once i became an adult and and found you know my community i was like oh fuck it I found my tribe and these are my weirdos that I want to be fucking friends with forever. And this is what binds us together is, is drag. Mm. Um, but it, after, as the years have gone by, it's become mainstream, it's become more popular and everyone wants to be famous through drag because they've seen the success that it's had. And it's changed a lot. <laughs> it's changed a lot over the years. Yeah, I feel, I feel like it must attract a completely different type of person and attitude towards it because it now like you just said it is the pathway to fame now or to if or not if not fame but like say you're a dancer or you're a singer or you're or you're an actor like it's viable now to use drag as a pathway into it whereas I feel like before it would have held you back probably definitely would have held you back um now people even people that have been on drag race you know were not drag queens they were people who wanted to either become famous or get into the entertainment industry somehow. And they used drag race as a vehicle to get there. And so they decided to become a drag queen in order to get there, which I fucking can't stand. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'm like, yeah. you know what? Hey, you know, if you can, if that's your hustle and you can make it fucking work, I guess shit. But to me, I know a, a true queen. I know a true queen. I know a true artist. And um, I respect those artists. Yeah, I do. I do. I definitely do agree with that. Because I think there's something about the, the like the tenacity and resilience of like old school drag, where even though so many people were putting you down, and even people within your own community were putting you down. You just had this belief that this is what I wanted to do, or this is how I want to express myself, or this is my gender expression. And I do think it, it is a little bit missing that now, I suppose, but I also think about like for myself, like I've performed drag before, but I have, I've had a lot of issues with anxiety and with mental health things and self-consciousness. So if everybody was also telling me that drag is like an unattractive thing, I don't think I would have ever had the courage to do it just because I was so like shy and timid. And I, I, you know, I'm not a professional drag queen, so it does make me less of a queen, but it also means that people who aren't naturally going to get up on stage might feel like they can. And I think that's like kind of the magic of drag is that you can do anything. And I love going to shows where it's like people's first time ever performing. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> those are actually sometimes my favorite shows because it's like so like it's just a complete shit show <laughs> it's my favorite um you know pre-covid one of my favorite shows that i produced um that was like wildly uh successful and popular here in southern california was wednesday nights at my home bar vip nightclub in riverside and it was called How About That? And every Wednesday, I had an open stage for up and coming newcomers into the drag arts. It was their opportunity to get on a, a, a main stage and showcase their talent. And 
every week I just would bring new talent, new talent all the time and just foster them and, and, you know, teach them the ways. And a lot of girls came in through there. A door was one of them. Um, yeah. I was thinking that. Yeah. I heard that yeah. And, uh, Naomi had did my competition. Um, uh, Laganja was one of the gir first girls to come up on my stage. Like it was a lot of people who, um, I was part of their journey of becoming what they are now, you know, not taking credit for any of their talent at all. But, you know, I was one of those people that was like, I want to help new kids. You know, I want mm -hmm. them to have the opportunities that I was given because I've always been told, you know, you got to teach this next generation because shit, it will go to fucking shit. If you don't, if you don't, you know, show them the proper way. And a lot of those girls, you know, are amazing talents and they have huge platforms now and hopefully the things that they learned underneath my fucking belt like they they like take with them and share it with you know these other kids that are up underneath them now yeah definitely so would you do you, do you have drag kids oh yes uh-huh how many i don't know anymore <laughs> 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 I don't know anymore to be honest. Um I have so I've I've I had so many kids over the years. Um but I love that. That makes you sound like you're like a philandering ladies man who's just like gone around the country sleeping with so many women. I don't even know how many kids I have. I don't know how many kids I can't I don't know their fathers either. <laughs> I I have a few kids that like are uh known in the drag scene. They're like true professional queens and stuff that people may know. Um, Jasmine Simone is one. Um, she's been doing some good things here in Southern California. Um, everyone knows me for uh, the Try Guys video and Eugene is one of my uh, drag children. Oh, cute. Um, which was amazing. He's such a good drag kid. I love him. Um, such a talented person and <laughs> it was like, when is he going to do drag more? And I'm like, he wants to always get up and drag. <laughs> always. <laughs> he's fucking working. He's a workhorse. He is always busy with so many projects and stuff. And, um, you know, he's he's a pretty cool person. I love him to death. And then Ray Latre is one of my other daughters. Um, oh, really? Mm-hmm. Ah, I didn't know that. Because she's, oh, she's been doing it for a long time as well, right? Oh yeah, Rhea's been doing drag for a long time. I remember when she first came to me and wanted me to be her drag mom. Because back then, you know, it was still traditional. Like I miss the tradition of drag. Um, nowadays, you don't need a drag family to, to do drag. But back then, like you had to find your tribe. You needed to find your family. Mm -hmm. And she came and, and hunted me down, just like I did with my drag mother. And she begged me to put her in drag and I told her no. And she harassed me for a good couple of weeks. And finally, I was like, all right, fine. Fine, I'll put you in drag. But the thing is, you got to go to this competition and you have to fucking win. And if you don't win, then you're not a part of my family. <laughs> <laughs> and so she went and she slayed. And, you know, she's been my daughter ever since because all my children are winners. Yeah, so you are competitive. Okay, I definitely wouldn't be in your drag family. I'm like, I used to tell everyone, I'm like, you don't want to be in my drag family because there are no fucking losers here. 
<laughs> oh god okay you're not allowed to ever watch any of my drag because i don't think you're gonna like it. i would love to see some of your drag uh she's not gonna win any pageants let's just put it that way <laughs> <laughs> well i didn't win i didn't win any pageants so you know it's cool <laughs> but you look like you could even if you I... maybe have it but I have always wondered about the pageant world, but it's so much work that goes into it. And I'm more of a party queen. Like, I just, I just like to go out and I don't take drag serious. Like drag is not serious for me. It's, it's just fun and expression. And, you know, as much as I am a competitive person, um, that has never been my, my drive with my art. It's always just been like, you know what? Just create and just have fun. Yeah, definitely. I think that I think that's kind of what like airs me away from the competition side of things because I feel like it can pressure you to do to not always follow what it is that you want to do because you get focused on winning and maybe someone else's version of winning is different to yours. So I find it easier just to like forget about competitions entirely. Um, how do you kind of navigate that when you're when you're like I mean, do you do competitions other than Drag Race really anymore or? Oh God, no, I stopped my, my competition days ended long ago. <laughs> Once you become legendary status, you don't have to do all that. <laughs> um, no, the last competition I think I did was a competition way back in the day. It was called Drag Idol. Um, and a lot of girls used to do that, that competition. Jasmine Masters, Morgan, Raven, fucking... Uh, uh, God, so many girls went through there. Uh, Detox, Phoenix. Uh, so basically, the cast of Drag Race seasons one to six was just all from that bar. <laughs> everyone, like people, would go in from everywhere to go and do that competition. And then even at Mickey's when we started working there and stuff, that's how Drag Race. Uh, season one, they would go and scout. They would go to the drag bars out here and they would go look for the best queens. Mm. And um, it was crazy. Like, yeah, Chanel and fucking Tammy Brown. Like, all everyone, Delta. Like, we all, like, was in the same circuit trying to fucking do big things. That's so wild that it's over that period of time and where you're all at now that you've remained like that close with a lot of them as well. Like that, I mean, I feel like that's quite rare for an industry. Usually it's, there's a lot of people that kind of duck in and out or, you know, one person out of your friend group makes it, but the rest don't. So that sounds really quite special to have that like family on this journey with you. It's pretty cool. Like it sucked at the, at, first for me because I was the one that was left out. <laughs> Everyone yeah. else had fucking had made it and I was the one that was like, oh man, this fucking sucks. <laughs> but I had to retrain my thinking and had to find where my winning was and where my making it was. I was letting other people's success measure my own and that's once I was able to recognize that and correct that thinking, everything changed for me. Mm. Yeah, that's huge. Because I, I feel like the comparisons never go away, no matter how successful you are. There's always going to be someone who's like that little bit ahead of you. So I feel like always. that's a really valuable 
like way of thinking to learn. Especially as creatives, because we're always judging ourselves about our art and what we do. So we're so critical. And then we always measure ourselves, you know, because other people are measuring us against other people. So I was allowing a lot of outside dictate my inside. And I was like, mm -mm -mm, no, 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 we can't do that. We got to re rethink, reshape our mind. And once I did that, that's when things started to like really snowball for me. And I became, I started hosting at different uh, venues all throughout Southern California. I started traveling to different states and performing. I started traveling internationally and performing. And this is all pre-drag race. Like I started doing bigger and bigger things because I stopped allowing other people's success determine my success. Mm. And then I imagine you were making work that was more authentic to you and what you really wanted to be doing because of that. Oh yeah, my creatively, I, I, I started to thrive and I started to become more comfortable in my own skin. And it, 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 really, it really all came together at that time. And I think that's what prepared me to be ready for Drag Race when it finally was my, my time. Mm. Yeah, because I think, I think about that often. That if you're going to go on it, you really want to be like mentally there, like fully confident and like a fully fleshed out confidence because they're going to rock you in whatever way they can just being in that environment. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. There's no game. Like er everyone thinks that it's funny because a lot of people watch and they're like, oh, I would do this and I would do that. And oh, and I'm like, baby, you have no fucking idea once you get there everything that you think you know goes out the fucking door yeah it really does i used to think that i would be able to do it well and then when i actually thought about it i was like i would be terrible it was uh, if somebody was there like actively not sometimes not wanting you to succeed i would be i would be so bad <laughs> 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 it's funny like I would really like a season where it is going to be nothing but newcomers to drag who are not well seasoned in the art and just see people flourish and grow from there um, just to see something different yeah I, I feel like you would have to be a different personality type to be able to do that because the reason I'm thinking of it is it's that it's that sense of like confidence within what you're doing that you're not shaken by what other people are saying about you and it sounds like that's kind of what you had to go through like before with auditioning is that you found really what you believed in and what you were creating for yourself and it didn't matter whether you got on the show or not because because you believed in what you were making and that to me is like true confidence when, it, when it's unshakable it definitely got to a place where I was like, mm, I'm good. I don't want to be on the show anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm doing great. <laughs> I'm doing great without it. I'm fine. And uh, Morgan had messaged me one night and she was like, are you going to sit in the tape? And I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, I'm good. I'm fucking good. I, I've heard to me knows I'm fine. I'm doing great. And she was like, I think you should. And I was like, no, I'm good. And a week before it was due, I woke up in the middle of the night and was like, 
what if? And then I was like, I don't want to look back and say, what if? And then I was like, you know what? Just do it one more time. Just do it one more time. What do you have to fucking lose? Like they say no again, whatever. And so I took off work for a whole week and I dedicated myself to my take. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna self-produce it myself. I'm not gonna lie. I, before I used to have people like follow me and you know edit it and all that shit. This time around, I was like, nope, do it yourself and just be real. And I gave the, I didn't give them a character like most of these bitches do. And because a lot of people want to self-produce and have this image. Me, I was just raw and just fucking real with them. And I sent it in and it, I fucking got a call the next day. And I was like, oh, fuck. And I was like, that worked. <laughs> I love that. Because I, lo I think that illustrates exactly what we were just saying is that you were being yourself and it shone through. I was finally comfortable with me and I was secure in myself and before I, I didn't have a clear idea who I was. I didn't have a clear idea of my art. I just was just like, oh, I just want to be on there. And, and I see reality TV. So I, this tape, I'm going to let them know that I'm that bitch and I'm ready to fight and I'm going to do this. And, and I'm the fiercest bitch in the land and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, what, what am I selling them? I'm like, hmm. what, that's not what, what they want. Well, you might think that that's what they want, but the thing is they want to create a story based off of your story. They want you, they want the real you. And, and I gave them that and I, and they told, well, I, I don't think I was supposed to say, but they were like, this tape was by far way better than any of the tapes you ever sent us because it was fucking real. And I was like, Oh, I just had to be for real. <laughs> I, like, okay, cool. I, I, that honestly like fills me with so much joy because like, that's such a good lesson in life to have as well is that like, it's not about trying to be something that you're not. And like, it's funny that we're talking about this with drag because drag is about putting on a character, but really it's also about being your most like authentic you. A lot of people don't understand that. And it's because a lot of people are like, oh, tell me about Mayhem, tell me about Dewan. And I'm like, no, 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 no. We are all one. Yeah. Mayhem is an extension of Dewan. You know, if, if anything, you know, Dewan is the source. Mayhem is just, you know, it's just the right hand. You know, I'm just an extension of who I am. And it's, before, when I was younger, I used to be like, no, there's a separate, I'm Dewan and there's Mayhem and that's it. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Your, your, drag, your drag persona is an extension of who you truly are. And that's how it should always be. And so whenever I see someone who puts on a character, I always question it because it's not authentic. Hmm. Yeah, and like, I see some people can do it really well when it's kind of like this, something like Ben de la Creme, like I love the way that she has this complete fantasy that she's always in. But I guess it's when you're dipping in and out of like, sometimes you're being yourself, sometimes you're a character, it can just get a bit like confusing. Um, how like, I, I, I'm trying to work out how to phrase it exactly, but I basically, I, I'm just interested in your like creative process when you approach doing a number or coming up with like a new venture for Mayhem, like how does that 
like what's how does that start what's your motivation for always music music is my motivation um i I, I, music has always been my my drive, like all throughout my life. Like that has always been something that I've connected with. And when I hear certain music, I listen for a story. I listen for uh, a tone. I listen for uh, what I can use to tell a story. Mm. Because ultimately on stage, I need to tell a story. People are there to see a show. They're not, a lot of people are there to see death drops and splits and all that fucking shit. But my art, what separates me from everyone else is I'm able to evoke emotion. I'm able to make people think. I'm able to, you know, use my body, use my makeup, use my image to, to uh, inspire. And sometimes, you know, just share share thought you know so it's like i a lot of people are like oh whenever i do certain songs people are like oh my god what is that and i'm like that's my job that's my job is to bring other art that inspired me to you to hopefully inspire you is it's that's my my whole position is to be a vehicle of to drive someone else's art because drag queens have always been a a reflection of someone else's art, you know? And so, um, you know, I've, I, I've always just been that type of person to be inspired by music first off and then fashion, of course, but not so much based on fashion because I, I don't think that the look is the most important thing. I think that the heart and the, the emotion is the most important thing. Mm. Yeah, I, and I can definitely see that in your performances and the music that, because you have such a like good music knowledge as well. Like just yesterday on your IG live, I was like distracted by the songs you were playing because they're so good. That makes me feel good. It really does because I, I don't know. Like I, I feel music is like that universal language that speaks to everyone and. Um, whenever someone notices that my music is very eclectic, they, I, I think that they actually see me better because they can understand that I'm, I'm a more, uh, there's more depth to me than just, you know, a post on Instagram of a picture. You know, it's, there's something much more deeper. Um, and I'm, I'm very vast and, and very wide and, open and I don't know I just I just love when people notice that yeah I love that yeah and I, I definitely like vibe with what you're saying about how you see drag as like storytelling because I think that's what all art is really like whether it's photography or theater or painting or or like dancing like it's all always about like communicating a story and I'm interested like why different people gravitate towards their different mediums and like I don't know why I ended up being a painter and not a whatever else and and um like do you so I know that you do sing <laughs> yes I do but it hasn't fully made its way into your drag yet I'm like really interested in this um so a lot of people don't know is I do sing. I've been a singer all my life. 
Um, I grew up in the church. I sang all throughout school. I was a president of my choir in high school. Like, I've always been involved in theater and performing arts. Um, I studied classically. I wanted to be an opera singer. Um, like, no one knows any of that stuff because I don't really share that because that's not what my journey was with doing drag. When I did, mm -hmm. when I found drag, I was always told, and what I had seen was lip syncing. And so I was like, oh, okay, I don't have to sing. I do, I, I lip sync. And I just let go of that side of my art. And just like with anything, you know, when you don't use it, you lose it. And I haven't lost my voice. It's still there, but it's not as great as it used to be. But once I started seeing uh, drag in different regions, I realized that people do sing live and do drag. And I was like, oh, fuck. And way back years ago, like, queens used to always tell me, like, Jackie B and some other queens, they were like, why don't you fucking sing live? Like, you <laughs> need to be singing live. Like, that would separate you from the rest of the pack. You're beautiful, you're gorgeous, and you have a fucking stunning voice. Why aren't you using it? And it just became this thing about fear. I was just very scared that one, I would expose myself even more than what I'm exposing. Because being an artist and being on stage performing, you're exposed to everyone and you're subjected mm -hmm. to ridic ridicule and judgment. And then once you use another talent and you put it out there, then people can rip that apart. And I was like, I don't want people to rip that apart too. So I just, I just kept it hidden. And as the years have gone by, people have noticed that I can sing. And they're like, um... When you drop in the album, bitch. And I'm like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. I'm scared. Does it feel like even more vulnerable? Like opening up that scene? I'd much rather jump on stage butt ass naked and stand there for 30 minutes and let people gawk at me than to sing live. <laughs> I'd I mean, rather be I... that exposed than to expose myself for that. <laughs> I think this sounds like your next adventure. I really do. I, I want to challenge myself um, because I think that's what we're here for is to learn and grow and push ourselves to our next level of existence. And I think what's next for me is possibly exploring music and um, pushing myself. You know, I, I'm, you don't know unless you try and you don't, grow unless you push yourself and i want to continue growing so it is a possibility that i might get in the studio and do something other than queen of the party because <laughs> that was just a fun of like a fun out of the fucking box like let's just have some fun with this and get in the studio and make a song um it was great too i loved it thank you it was fun to do me and my friend uh bren um sat down one day and she was like, you can sing, why aren't you doing it? And I'm like, oh, cause I just don't. And she's like, look, I'm, I'll produce it. Let's get in the studio, get you writing and get a microphone and get you in the booth and make it happen. I'm like, okay. So she was like, what's on your mind? Let's, let's start brainstorming things. And at that time I was coming off of season 10 and I was experiencing all the bullying that I was getting from the fans. And I was like, letting that affect me in a horrible way. And I went to a deep depression and 
um, I was just like, I got to a point and I, I started getting better. And I was like, wait a minute, I am the queen of the party. Why am I allowing these fucking trolls that watch this fucking show that has no, they have no idea what my art is about or what the art of drag is about. They watch this fucking TV show and think that they know everything about drag now. And I'm allowing these people to make me feel less than what I am. Fuck that. No, fuck you haters. Fuck you trolls. Fuck you liars. Fuck all of you. I'm the queen of the party. I know who I am. I'm fucking legendary. Light, nightlife in fucking South, Southern California would not be the same without me. <laughs> so I'm <laughs> and I'm gonna fucking tell the world who, I, who the fuck I really am. And so it was like, it was basically like a fuck you record. Like, I don't fucking care about any of you no more. I'm taking back my power. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I'm the queen of the party and no one can ever tell me different. <laughs> yes. I mean, that sounded like the track just then, what you were just doing. All we needed was a beat under it and then that would have been it. <laughs> and that's what Bryn was like, well, it's written already. You just said what you had to say. Yeah. Now we put the beat together. And I'm like, oh, God, that wasn't too hard, huh? <laughs> it's inside you. It's, it, it, it's going to come out. I think I love that. I love what you're saying about challenging yourself, especially and like getting getting uncomfortable and like pushing yourself past your limits because you're, you're obviously already very successful and very good at what you do. So to keep like pushing to do the next thing and to do what's scary and what's vulnerable, I think is such like an inspiring trait to have. And it's, I think some people think it gets easier the more successful you are, but I feel like the more people watching you, it's almost like it's the more people watching you, it's even scarier. <laughs> it's even scarier because you have to continue. You can't just stay stagnant. You, you feel obligated to continue to do great things and, mm -hmm. and and th that stress enough is already just is hard to deal with, but you want to continue to give people you and you want it to be well received. So it, it, it could be quite stressful to want to hold yourself to a standard and keep continue pushing so that people enjoy what you have to offer. How, how do you go about managing that, that, that kind of um, like pressure? I'm way better at it now. <laughs> I'm way better at it now. I strongly believe in having balance. Mm. I think balance in life is the key to everything. And um, I learned how to balance the things in my life that um, I felt that I didn't have control over. And I, re I frequently take breaks i i know how to step back and allow myself my mind my spirit to experience what's happening around me experience life and be an active participant in it but also know when to fall back so i can preserve my peace hmm. i think yeah, that's, I think that's so important. And it's something that I pass, I find it really hard because it's like balance almost feels like this. It's, a net, it's an everyday thing, right? Because it's like you can be balanced one day, but then something can throw you off the next day. So it's, it's kind of like mental health in general. It's like every day it's going to the mental health gym and just like checking in with yourself. Exactly, exactly. Uh, 
everyone thinks, you know, especially when it comes to mental health, that it's an easy fix, you know, that, oh, if I, if I take this or if I do that, everything's going to be great. And it's like, no, you have to be an active participant in your mental health. And mm -hmm. it's every day a struggle. There's days I wake up and I'm like, I'm not getting out this bed. I don't fucking want to see the world. I am down, I'm, I, I'm in the dumps. I'm just going to take a break from society and unplug. And then there's days where I'm just great on top of the world. And I have had to learn that, you know, it's okay. It's okay to not be okay. Mm -hmm. Everyone has days that they're not okay. It's normal. It's okay. Um, what's not okay is allowing those not okay days to last. <laughs> and um, I found things I found ways to deal with depression and anxiety. Um, I suffer from anxiety and panic attacks. Um, it's been something that I've had to deal with for a good like 10 years now. Um, and I tell people all the time, I'm like, it's, it's something that doesn't just go away. It's something that you have to uh, manage. You have to you have to be on top of it, you know. And there's days that, you know, I'm like, mm, I see triggers, I see signs that will send me in a different direction. And I'm like, oh no, 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 no. Once you find, once you're able to identify those things in your life, it's a lot easier to keep that balance in check. Hmm. Yeah, that I think that's such a great thing that you do in general is being so open about your mental health because I think it's so easy when you're down yourself to like look up to people like you who are successful who seem to be doing everything really well and kind of and then put yourself down because of it whereas actually like every like mental health is something for everyone and like no matter what how a life may appear on the outside like we all have our internal challenges and I think it's really inspiring that you share that and it's actually one of the things that like drew me to you like the most was because uh -huh. of the way did that. Yeah, I just, it's my biggest passion is mental health. And I think it has, it can do so much to heal people. And like, you're doing that, like you're helping heal people by, by sharing your own challenges and your journey with that. It's important. It's, it's really important that I, I feel, especially for me, I have reach, I have, I have influence I've been given a platform and as much as like it, it could be superficial I don't want it to ever be superficial I want it to actually have create change and help people because that's what I want to do that's what I'm here for mm -hmm. I think part of my journey is to help those who are lost who are hurting who um who need guidance and because I needed it and I was fortunate to have help and to receive help and get help. And if I, if I needed it and people could see that, cause a lot of people see what I do and what I have accomplished and they're like, Oh my God, your life is great. And I'm like, it's not that great. Actually, <laughs> you know, I have my demons. I suffer just like everyone else. Um, you never know anyone's struggle. You never know what someone is going going through internally and you know for me to be a, a face for people to see and say oh wow mayhem also has to deal with these things that i deal with it 
I want people to see that, you know, we are all human. We are all equal. We're all the same person, you know, and no one is greater than or above. Um, doesn't matter how many followers you have. Doesn't matter what you've done on TV. Doesn't matter. None of that matters. You know, we're all, we're all here on this earth trying to get to the end and, and be happy. And if I can help other people get to that place of joy and happiness, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I got to do. Mm -hmm. so if it's expressing my darkness to bring light to others, I'm going to do it. I, I love that so much. That like honestly made me well up a little bit. Just it, 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 it hits home so much, especially about like the struggle, the challenges you've been through and then wanting to help other people through that. Like I've been right there too. And that's like one of the main thing that motivates me to talk about as well as I think about the younger me and if he'd had someone like Mayhem at that time to be able to look up to who was sharing these things. And I just, yeah, I think it, it's, such a beautiful thing to do is to share your journey with it and um yeah so thank you for, for doing that no no thanks needed at all i'm just i'm just happy to help and hopefully it it encourages other people to share i think the more that people share um of themselves and and be truthful and honest and understanding it is only going to lead for other people to join in on, on that journey and make the world a better place like i know it sounds corny and stuff but it really does like i tell everyone all the time you know do something kind for someone else and do something kind for yourself as well you know i think it's very important to treat yourself just as good as you treat others because when you feel good you do better you do good and um I think a lot of people need to know that and need to uh, exercise that. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I think it's such a wonderful message to, to communicate. And thank you so much for being here and, and communicating with me. And we're actually get, like coming to the cutoff time for IG Live. And I was like, I really don't want it to cut you off mid-sentence because you're saying <laughs> so many wonderful things right now. <laughs> Just be like... <laughs> But um, I just want to say thank you for like being here and for being the subject of the painting, which is um, underway. I'm not going to show it yet because it's in like the not pretty stage. Oh, I want to see it. <laughs> you have to wait. Everybody has to wait. <laughs> oh my God, I can't wait to see it. I really, I really can't wait. I, I love your work. I think you're doing amazing things. And thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you so much. And yeah, thank you for being a part of this. And yeah, I'll, I'll, um, I'll share it with you when it's on the way and yeah i'm just so glad to have been able to share this space with you and to, to hear more of your story and yourself oh well thank you <laughs> well uh yeah have a wonderful day and i'll be in touch soon all right you have a good night thanks for having me yeah. bye love bye that that was incredible. I'm definitely going to need to go and like process a lot of that now because it really touched on a lot of things that are very personal to me. So thank you so much, Mayhem, for being with us here today and um, going to keep painting and that'll be up soon on Instagram, David Pug Artist. And if you don't already, of course you all already do, but if you don't already, make sure to follow the Only Mayhem to keep following their journey in drag and in art and in music soon. Hopefully we'll get the music soon. No pressure though, in your own time. Uh, yeah, so thank you everyone for watching and um, 
I will see you next time.